Season 3, Episode 20 of the AppSec Podcast has Robert and I interviewing Martin Knobluk from OWASP. Martin is the global chairman of the board for OWASP, and we talk about many things that exist in the OWASP universe. We talk about the organization, we talk about some of the history, and really opened my eyes a lot to where OWASP has come from and where it's going to in the future. So we hope you enjoy. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Application Security Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about something that we love to talk about all the time, and that is OWASP. But we are joined by a special guest, and so Martin, would you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Hi Chris, hi Robert. Uh, Yeah, I'm Martin Knobloch. Since 1st of uh, January this year, 2018, I'm the OWASP Chairman of the Board, the Global Foundation of OWASP. Awesome. Thank you for uh, for being here. And uh, I definitely want to dive in some more into what that actually means. But here on the AppSec podcast, we always start with our guests' security superhero origin story. If there was a comic book about your life in security, Martin, what would happen in episode number one? Yeah, actually, I'm a trained mechanic for injection molding machines. So it's completely nothing to do with IT. Uh, I went to IT via uh, PLC programming, uh, robotics, and in the industrial area. And, and I taught myself uh, Java and C programming. And I was kind of surprised because when you are in jet molding and robotics, you have a quite physical feedback something goes wrong. When I went to uh, web development in 1998, uh, yeah, 19, 19, yeah. Um, sorry. Um, I was surprised how little controls and validation was for input and output and transactions because it makes a difference if it's a robotic arm or a, a payment transaction or whatever goes from A to B. There's a point of no return. Everything should be safe. So um, I, when I was starting in software development, then uh, I uh, changed a lot of jobs and finally got to a company and they said, okay, you want to do something about security? Go ahead. Was uh, that was in 2005, and so I got in contact with OWASP in 2006 for the, my first OWASP conference in Europe in Belgium back then, and I just got hooked by OWASP, and uh, it became my work. Uh, yes, security, not uh, OWASP, is still volunteering. Yeah, wow. So, how how do you get from? I guess what what was kind of the big thing that pushed you from? working in you know the PLC world into the world of web was there any particular thing that just pushed you over and said hey I want to jump over and start working on web uh, it was the whole development the, the programming part uh, I PLC programming I did uh, for small uh, yeah I, I was responsible for robotics but I wasn't allowed to work on the PLCs uh, we had to do programmer for that so I was just the, the grease monkey the mechanic and I had to yeah, work with it, but I was not allowed to program, even if I had a, a did a course for programming. Ah, so it was just ah, me to okay. go in the yeah in my free time 
uh, uh, myself as I said, uh, programming and uh, yeah, I was hooked. Okay. Okay, I see. So you you trans you kind of translate transferred into the world of IT, and then ultimately into the what I like to call the OWASP universe, which <laughs> tends tends to hook a lot of us once we once we get in and start uh, start working on it. So let's uh, let's transition and start talking about all thing things OWASP here. And so um, you said that since the beginning of this year, you've been the chairman of the board for the OWASP Foundation. And so I'd love to, to learn more about what does that actually mean and what is the job description for the chairman of the OWASP board? Uh, yeah, the job description, uh, we have a nice wiki for that. And that's a good thing in OWASP. We have everything on the wiki. The bad thing, if you don't know what you, uh, look, you are looking for, you can't find it. Yep. So yeah. responsibility actually is uh, we now uh, we are lucky we have an executive director, uh, Karen, uh, since last year November. So that the uh, um, always from the board is more the guidance of the community. I always uh, tend to say always is community driven, supported by the staff and uh, guided by the board. So we are as board I see we, we do the rules so that the always game can play uh, played nicely and clearly. I see uh, rules as for a, a, a sport like soccer or American football. The rules are not there to limit the game, but to enable the game. And I think that's the most important thing we have as sport, to enable the community to do the cool stuff they do. So you, um, I guess you kind of have, uh, so there, there's monthly board meetings and things where you're looking at different issues that are impacting OWASP and your your making decisions about kind of, um, I guess, how, how, how detailed do you get into the decisions? Are you hearing things about individual projects and you're getting to kind of weigh in on that or are you at a level kind of higher and above the individual project? Um, yeah, I think uh, the most board members, we are kind of addicted to OWASP. Uh, nobody wants to be a volunteer uh, board member if you don't have a connection or a feeling with the community. I think that would be really, really bad. Like, uh, I need some little, I don't Read some projects in the past, the education project. I was in the committees when they had them. Um, I'm also the chapter leader of the Dutch, uh, the Netherlands chapter. Okay. Uh, I'm involved in a lot of uh, projects because of, in my time since 2006 that I'm involved with OWASP, I um, meet so many people. I hear uh, projects in the summits we have at conferences. So I try to, to connect the projects. Uh, I'm not. Uh, active uh, participating in a uh, specific project currently, but um, just to get them together like the security red, the uh, security requirements automation tool, was a good tool in the beginning, and then we have the over security knowledge framework, what's more for developers, how to uh, uh, yeah, securely implement the required functionality. And those are projects, they are have their own system, right, but there are so much links, so I get the people together uh, I advise them, uh, sometimes to ask me to read it, but that's next to the board. So there's not a board responsibility. Um, in the board, uh, yeah, the monthly, uh, board meetings, the public meetings, that's, that's one visible part of, uh, the OWASP board, uh, uh, tasks. Uh, of course, there's much more going on. As a chairman, as a treasurer, we are financially responsible. Uh, we have a secretary as well. Um, Depending, we have uh, three board members at large, so a lot of discussions goes actually not that visible as the public board meetings. Yeah. So I guess when when you think about the mission of OWASP, what is what, why does OWASP exist? Kind of from your perspective. 
I think we look back when OWASP was founded and how I got involved in OWASP. Uh, OWASP was founded from developers for developers, how to write secure software, how to build secure applications. I think that's our uh, single right resistance. And in this, we are very unique. Uh, we are not into breaking. We have to understand how you break applications. But that telling people to, uh, for free, giving the tools and guides how to build secure applications, I think that's the single point of uh, existence. And that's very important. And that makes our so, I think, uh, beloved because that's the unbased, uh, independent, open source community who gives you the tools and the guidelines. What do you have to think about when you write an application, how to implement it securely and how to validate it securely? What was the uh, first... Well, what was the first OWASP project uh, when you when you got involved after that first AppSec conference? What was the first OWASP project that you really started using yourself? Back then, uh, we, 2006, we, uh, I think we didn't have uh, the ASPS. Then. We had a testing guide, and uh, that was really great. Uh, the education project, because I was learning, and uh, I got involved in the education project. And that was the tool that the most, uh, most, uh, yeah, hooked me most in the beginning. The, the testing guide is still available, uh, available. I think a lot of people uh, abuse it, like abusing the OSTOP 10 for being a checklist. They're using the uh, testing guide for being a, a, a guide for how to write security software, whereby the testing guide is how to validate the security. I think that's a, one of my big missions to clarify what project what purpose yeah and i've uh, i've taken a look at the testing guide uh in the last few months and uh i was surprised as to how much education actually exists inside of that document i hadn't uh, i hadn't done a deep dive on it and i was like wow they actually explain a lot of different types of attacks and things right in, in they they teach you how to test for them but they also give you a lot of foundational education material so um, I think that's a great it's a great resource for for people above and beyond the testers of the world but people that just want to learn more about how about all the different attack pieces that, that we yeah and it's, it's a testing perspective why you should test what is the expected outcome and then the tools and the guidance how you can do it and these days uh, the mobile uh, uh, testing guide, also a great document. So they work really hard, and so I'm really thankful. But I think that's what got me hooked in the OWASP community. You meet so many people worldwide who are so passionate about the projects and giving the free time and passion for a project to make it for free available. That's really, really great. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many people total are volunteers in the OWASP universe? Have you ever seen that number? I've never seen it thrown around. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> we, yeah, we have guesstimates. Um, for uh, we get more and more members, which is nice. But uh, uh, I think we have uh, just below four thousand paying members, individual members, not uh, counting the corporate members. But it goes into the ten thousands. When you look, how many chapters? I mean, two hundred fifty plus chapters worldwide. And then it's depending on like uh, uh, in the UK, every city has a chapter. Like in the US, where the cities are further apart than uh, in Europe. Uh, almost every city has a, a chapter. Uh, in Germany, the whole Germany is one chapter. We have separated in a typical German way, a uh, stammtisch. It's something where you go have a drink and talk about your hobby. Um, 
so many people. I think we counted and guesstimated like uh, it's close to ten thousand people uh, organizing chapter meetings, being involved in projects, organizing events. Uh, on all, it, it's amazing. Yeah, that is quite amazing that we have that many that many people and and. I know from my experience, and, and Robert, I think you pr- would probably agree with this, that everybody you meet in the OWASP universe, whether they are people at a conference or whether they're people that you're working with on an OWASP project, everybody is shares a common love of application security and it's and that passion. You know, you jump on the Slack, uh, the, the OWASP Slack, and you see it there. So um, that's one of the things that's great about this organization is just that people are so passionate about the end goal of making software more secure. And so and what else more fun? What all, when I joined them in 2006, the first conference, I was a newbie. I just learned myself development was just, yeah, about only seven years in development. And there is no hierarchy. It's not like, oh, this is the uh, upsake rock star and this is the newbie. No, everybody's appreciated the same. That's really hooked me. There's no uh, a board member. It's not more or less than every member who uh, contributes. So just be one community for the strife for the same. And if you're new, if you're there for many years, it makes a difference. We are all together. Yeah, and and everybody that we reached out to, so Robert and I were at AppSec USA last year and we did a bunch of interviews for the podcast there. Everybody we reached out to said yes. We we didn't get a single no. We talked to the OWASP Top 10, the new the new team, Andrew and the team there, um, about what was happening with Top 10. We talked to Jim and Katie about proactive controls. The list went on and on, but everybody wanted to talk about their stuff. So it was, it was, a, yeah. it was a great place to be because people were so passionate and it was just coming out in the conference and in the hallway conversations and everything else. And everything you do with passion, I always say, you get frustration. So it's normal because you're passionate about it and... Of course, the world is not going fast enough. And if it would be, it would not be fast enough anymore. Yeah. Uh, but then when I see people wherever I travel, so always members who are uh, contributing and I have a law for always, that really makes it worth all. And when I go to conferences, talking about always, and people come up to me and say, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm not a member. My company is not contributing a membership. But thank you for always. I think that's so rewarding. And the thank you I have to share with all the community who puts in the time. So I'm, a, I say I'm a humble servant to the community as a board member because it, it's great, unbelievable. So with the with the passion that comes from all of these application security professionals that love everything about OWASP and what they do, we also get some. We we get some kind of, uh, I don't know, bad feelings and things as people um, kind of get into arguments and things. Um, what's What's been your experience there? I mean, do, you, do you see that? Is that something that, that's, that's a big problem in the OWASP universe? Or is that something that's just kind of happening in pockets and, and people are working through those type of issues? It, it's a problem. Uh, there's several problems. It, it's also about being a global community. They're very different uh, from even being European. I'm a Northern European and German. Uh, I know people say we don't have much fun, but we are very direct. I may talk to a, a thousand European, like Spanish or Italian. There's always a, a different in culture, different conversation. And when you talk to each other, because they're geographically so far apart, you talk to each other via email, via Slack. 
and you don't really know somebody. And then sometimes it can be, a comment can be taken wrongly, but it's not meant to be harsh. Stuff like that is very normal. Um, I have been always uh, complaining slash whistleblower officer for uh, almost two years in the past. And yes, we had some very serious cases. And for this uh, organization this size, it's nothing. It's, it's yeah, it happens. And we always have people who are offended. Uh, but in general, it, it's nothing compared to the numbers uh, that we have. So do you think that, you know, is OWASP meeting the objective that we have right now? Do you think that with all these 10,000 people that are kind of impacted by this, how do we measure the fact that we're making a difference? Is it even possible to measure the difference that we're making as an organization? And I'm thinking more about the people who are outside of that, that 10,000. Um, yeah, I, I think we do. If I see uh, the number of times we are mentioned, OWASP guides, OWASP uh, tooling is used. How many downs we have, for example, for the SEP proxy, uh, for uh, governance documentation and guidelines, the reference to the OWASP ACS, the reference to the OWASP testing guide. I think that is the difference we make. So we don't made ourselves a standard, but we became standard because the uh, people adopted us because it was the best thing out there and still is. So that's uh, one thing. I, I, when I go to, um, I think, perhaps we had this development uh, outreach uh, because we kind of lagged behind we had too many security people and I think we kind of lost, uh, but now we're regaining the connection to developers and they all heard about OWAS, they all know about OWAS, but we have to go there and tell them what it's really about. That's one thing I have done in the past, and I really try to strive, and I support everybody who's doing it. We have a special uh, outreach budget for that, for people who travel traveling to conferences, talk about OWASP, because not know OWASP people. Um, yes, they all heard about it, but the thing is, they felt us they hear about it, they hear about OWASP to 10, and that's it. So when you tell them what is there, or how you can use it, how you can use it in your environment, be it uh, DevOps, uh, DevSecOps, uh, continuous delivery, continuous integration. Then they really like, come back and say, oh, I need more, to know more about this tool, I need to know more about that tool. But we have two kinds of things. We have one, our responsibility to our community and our uh, sponsors to being, to increase and uh, continuously improve our services and our maturity. But for a community to make it more enablement, uh, that they can do what they want, the chapter meetings, the projects, and we have to spread the word more. We have to people uh, help our community to reach out to the actually the end use of our projects, be not only a test, being also the developers. Yeah, and that's that seems like an, an an area where where we we can all take that as a call to action as far as t- the awareness side. And and I, I would agree that. We do see the OWASP projects and documents and things mentioned all over the place, and I think that is a great metric of the impact that we're having across the industry. Um, but I think there's a lot more that we can do through the connections that all of us that, that we all have, the ten thousand people that are that are passionate about this stuff. And I think most of us are doing that already. I think we are. Um, it's it's hard to bottle up this passion <laughs> that all of us have about, yeah. for this topic. We're we're out there telling other people about it and stuff, but. Um, I think that's uh, that's definitely something that we can continue to get better at over time. So um, I've got a 
I've been thinking about this, and and I've only been involved in OWASP as a member. This is my first year as a member, but I've been in the world of security for a long time. And so I'm wondering, as somebody who got started in this OWASP world in 2006, how have you seen OWASP change from 2006 to 2018? Hmm. It grew immensely. When I look back at a conference I have been to, I think there were just about 200 people. Uh, the current UPSEC EU conferences, there are uh, about around 600 plus uh, attendees. The UPSEC US, uh, depending also on the location, we had a bit uh, a bummer last year with the hurricane in Orlando. But uh, in New York conferences, I think there were more than 1,000 people. Um, uh, it, it grew. It, it grew in members. It grew in projects. It grew in chapters. It grew every side, uh, every direction you looked. It, it grew, and I think we as uh, always, we kind of from the uh, uh, yeah from the organization staffing side, we lag behind the growth of ours. I think that's something we have to uh, put a lot of effort in to keep up with the growing over. But uh, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. It, it just got bigger. If I can say so. What are some things that you think of to help with growth? Um, maybe some ideas that you might have in terms of helping uh, with that growth. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, we had an ED, uh, Paul Ritchie, who unfortunately deceased um, some years ago, and we kind of lacked uh, getting new ED, and we I think we didn't understand uh, how important it was. We had some tries to, to uh, solve that internally, and I'm really happy we have Karen as uh, executive director who is then having the staff who are overloaded by work. And people don't uh, realize we have, last year, we had only five staff members. Well, you, uh, organization like this, it's ridiculously small. And so uh, Karen is uh, professionalizing our services, uh, streamlining uh, uh, people we need. So the, the staff is growing. It takes time, it costs money. Uh, but... That's very important thing we do. So the, having more people available for the right job um, and, and, yeah, helping, that, that's one thing. So you cannot do everything by volunteering. Uh, also for the uh, people, I think, don't understand how much money, and it's transparent, our all financial transparent, goes through over for all the chapters, all the management, all the... the we have only one, uh, actually two legal entities. That's the... Uh, yeah, the foundation in the U.S. and a European entity. So every chapter who has a does a contract, a sponsor contract, in a location contract, goes for the foundation, and with two hundred plus, uh, two hundred fifty plus chapters, can you imagine how many invoices only had to be handled? So that's where we have to grow. So the professionalizing on the staff, on on the support, being able to have more mature support community. I'm curious if um, I know that, you know, organizing the uh, OWASP and, and all the kinds of things that, as you just mentioned, some of the uh, the duties and some of the things that uh, have to happen now as you grow. But I'm curious, are you working on any projects today? Uh, as I said earlier, I, I'm not in directly involved in leading any projects. Uh, I'm more on the... Yeah, who call it? 
the PR project. So I, I okay. go and talk, talk about the project. I uh, supported Kid Knowledge Framework a lot. I, I helped uh, a bit on the Security Red project. Hope I may say. So um, yeah, it, it's not. I don't have the time anymore. As uh, uh, I am chapter leader in the Netherlands, and so luckily we have also a board now for four people. Um, with all the things I do, uh, unfortunately, I miss that. So, as I miss development uh, in my day job, sometimes I do security. Uh, I miss uh, being involved in the project and over sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so with um, w- where we are right now, it's, you know, we're doing this, recording this interview in June 2000. Uh, we're not June yet, I guess May, but almost June 2018. Um, OWASP has a couple of, of big conferences that we've mentioned already. Um, the AppSec EU, which is the first week of this year, is the first week of July in London, and there's a mixture of training and uh, and actual talks that'll be happening there, and vendors and things. And then we have AppSec US in uh, in the October timeframe, early in October in San Jose. Um, I, I've Robert and I have been to both of these conferences. We love them, but I guess uh, Martin, from your perspective. What's the benefit of of somebody going to these events? What are they going to get out of attending AppSec EU or AppSec US, especially if it's somebody who's never been before? Yeah, the two parts, as you said, we have the training days and the conference days as well. So prior to the conference, we have uh, three days where we have uh, 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 we are the service provider for training. So we don't almost doesn't do services, but. Uh, so we have a uh, call for trainings, and we have a training election committee. So we selected the most relevant trainings, we think, for security people and developers uh, to help them in the day job. So that's a three days uh, from Monday to Wednesday in the conference week. And then the, during the two uh, conference days, uh, we have also the selection committee for the uh, presentations and talks. So we get, I think, for the uptake uh, in London, we got 180 Submissions for the talk from which we have to uh, select and less than 40 for the, for the conference. Um, so it, it's the information we, we try to divide them in tracks for uh, builder, breaker, and defender. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's knowledge everywhere. As you said, when you talk about uh, then the people and you talked about, uh, I think uh, sometimes I think you, you even learn more when you just there in the coffee corner in, in the lunch breaks and talk to people. Uh, so when you compare the conference for a two-day conference, the price, uh, even if you got more expensive than we have to be in the past, it's really still a cheap conference for the content and the, the environment you get uh, offered. Um, being in the talks, being in the breaks, uh, meeting your peers, so it, it's it's uptake more week if you want to. Yeah, and the for, from my perspective. The networking alone is worth is worth making the you know if you don't live in London or San Jose it's it's worth making the trip just to get to meet lots of people because Martin I'm gonna I'm gonna second what you said earlier about the fact that there is no hierarchy here in, in OWASP in general and especially at the conferences you can walk up and talk to anybody and yes. th- there's nobody who is who is too good to talk to anybody there and. And I'm just saying that based on experience and in, in walking up to people and, and, you know, maybe even being a little bit nervous about, oh, can I even talk to this person? This is somebody who's I've seen their stuff all over the Internet. 
But you walk up and start talking to them, and it's like there, there's no air of, uh, of, of any, but nobody's better than anybody else. And so I think that's yes. a great thing. And there's, there's lots of conferences where the, the speakers are royalty, and, and <laughs> they, you feel like you can't talk to them because they're so um, important. Yeah. We, we, have, we do have sometimes, uh, we try to have a speaker room so the speaker can prepare his talks because normally they are surrounded by everybody who knows no more. So we have to give them a, a, a break to prepare the talks and when they have done the talks to uh, get back to strength. But we really, <laughs> we, we, we really encourage them not to stay in, uh, in the speaker. I've seen, I've seen speaking conferences and if the speaker area where they have the better lunch, the better drinks, not for hours. It's all the same. Uh, they, have, they need a space to uh, prepare the talks, of course, but uh, for the rest, it's everybody out there. We are one community. We, we don't have leaders. We don't have uh, uh, yeah, hierarchy, as you said, it's all us. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our our time here, Martin. And uh, so I guess as a conclusion or as a wrap up here, what uh, could you give us like one? I guess one challenge to the OWASP community because a lot of OWASP folks actually listen to the podcast here that are part of their local chapters and things. And I guess from your perspective as the chairman of the board right now, what's what's one challenge that you would throw out to us that we can that we can walk away and and uh, and, and do or, or go after? I think uh, the challenge we all have is to reach out. Uh, I said OWASP is known widely inside the community, of course, but also outside. But also misunderstood sometimes. Uh, so w- reaching out to people who are not directly in contact with us, because for example, developers they have so many concerns, but just taking them uh, the right thing, the bits of us can lead, help them make their life easier. So the reach out, talk about us, not only with the OWASP players, but to everybody. Uh, I've been to so many conferences. I, I haven't bought any uh, T-shirt. For many years, because, uh, so I wearing an OWASP shirt for every day. Uh, just going there and be OWASP and being a missionary for OWASP. That's, that's what something everybody in the community is. Yeah. All right, Martin, thank you for taking the time and sharing a lot of your kind of history and knowledge and experience with OWASP. We definitely appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at face to face in one of the upcoming EU or uh, US conferences for OWASP. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Bourne and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.